Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. So you've heard about cycle syncing before, right? Mm-hmm. Is that something you do with your business? Do you, correct me if I'm wrong. You do a bit of cycle syncing. With my... With like, your business and like how you work? Oh, I only know about cycle syncing, like period cycle syncing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so tell me more about like how that translates to work. Well, I'll t- oh, you know, people... Have you, have, you haven't seen people that literally will sync their businesses and how they work to their cycle? Yes. Or And you do it like with working out and stuff? So I... Um, the couple... Th- I don't know enough about it, but I do know that... Um, I don't force myself to do a lot of output when I actually have my period when I'm like yeah. in the in the that phase whichever so one it's called. I told I told Jenna I was like just just go with me on this. I feel like there's going to be something we can pull back. So she has no idea what I'm going to ask her. I love it. So so that you so you get the concept of cycle syncing. Essentially, it's basically if you follow your cycle and understand your your female cycle, you can kind of match your business, your workout, your health, the way you eat. There's tons of people that teach about that. Obviously, we're not experts on that, mm-hmm. but you get the, the general concept. I wonder, is there such thing as emotion syncing? Do you sync your life and business to your emotional wave as Ooh. an emotional? So if you're listening to this and you look on your chart while Jenna's thinking, you can look at the bottom right corner. It's like a triangle. If it's colored in, you're what we call an emotional, the same as Jenna. And then also if you look at the app on your chart, it'll tell you how your emotions function and it'll tell you if you're an emotional. So do you think it would be interesting to be like mm. a cycle syncing to your emotional mm. wave? That is, well, so I guess the only way that it's different is that you can't predict your emotional wave timing wise, Okay. right? So most people, myself excluded, um, <laughs> most people have a consistent, actually, I don't know if most people have a consistent cycle or if we've been sold that, who knows, Who knows? but my cycle is, is quite inconsistent in the sense that if I get on a long flight, it will be delayed. Mm-hmm. If I am stressed, it will disappear. There's a lot, it's just like a very, very, um, sensitive, but, um, most people I'm assuming with the cycle thing, it's like roughly 28 days. There's four distinct cycles, the whole mm-hmm. thing. With your emotional wave, you don't really know when it's going to peak or trough. Okay. But I do think in the same way that you cycle sync, you can honor and trust that where you're at is doing and giving you what you need in that moment. So I know, for example, like I think it's like the week after you finish your period, you get like the most energy. Yeah. And that's when you're supposed to work out a lot. Like you do the most intense workouts then or whatever. So I think in that same way, you're you're actually right in the sense that for example, if you have a really, really high wave, 
a really extreme wave like the 2212 where you have really 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 high highs and really really low lows you know one of the directions with having a 2212 is like when you are on a high and you feel like being around people and you are enthusiastic and you feel on top of the world literally go be around people but then those same people those emotional the people that have the high emotional wave is like when they they also by the same token have moments where they literally just don't feel that they don't feel sparkly and charming like they sometimes do Mm -hmm. and in those moments it's actually better for them to remove themselves from people because they're going to have a negative impact on people if they force themselves to just go be social right because people feel their you know negative that like not negative but like down the the down emotions yeah and when you're saying 2212 Mm-hmm. Um, sh- you're t- explain to people what you mean by that. I'm talking about um, so when you're emotional, there are different patterns of emotions that you can have, and it depends on which colored lines come out of your emotional um, center, your solar plexus center, because each one has a different pattern that would that would um, that it would give you. So some people, for example, have these emotions, which, like me where all of my emotions slowly, slowly, slowly kind of build up and accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and they seem kind of small in the moment, but then all of a sudden I'll reach like a tipping point where they all just need to come out. And sometimes it will come out as like a rant or usually for me personally, it's like I need to cry a lot, but that's also because I have the 19, uh, gate 19, which links to the, that's moves towards, um, is part of one of those, um, emotional waves. And so that's like a very sensitive one. And I always learn to, um, clean my emotions as a kid by crying. Yeah. So there's a lot to that, but essentially you don't know when you're going to have peaks or troughs as an emotional. So it's not something that you can, because this is obviously just a question I'm even curious about. It's your emotional wave isn't something you can track in the same way you can track a cycle, like a female cycle. No, I can't say in three days time, you know, I'm going to have a cry, but I do know when I'm close. You can feel it. You can feel it because you feel more, I feel like emotions are closer to the, the the surface. Yes. And I always know when I need to cry. Um, I've spoken about this really random thing for me before. And again, I don't want people to think that this they have to look to for everybody. Yeah. But it's all about getting to know your own body. And I always know that when I'm really emotional is when I retain a lot more water because I need to cry it out, but I'm not. Yeah. Or maybe not allowing myself or it's just about to build up. And I always feel, you know, how you retain water in your lower legs. Like I mm-hmm. always feel my thighs start rubbing together more when I'm holding on to more water. Interesting. And as soon as I cry, they go back to normal, which is so weird. It's I don't so- have a thigh gap anyway, but I just feel them rubbing more Yeah. when I know it's time for a cry. And my ex used to joke, actually, that every Thursday in lockdown, it was like, cry, like, do for a cry. It's a Thursday. It's time <laughs> to like, cry. Time. <laughs> so listen, he, there was probably times in my life where it was more trackable because of this. So, also, don't forget lockdown. It was like the days were so the same and yes. the days were so one dragged into the next. There was no weekend. There was no people. There was no external factors. Mm-hmm. It was like literally just me and him and the grocery store <laughs> and our apartment. Yeah. So... You know, maybe if you kind of controlled the factors more, 
which isn't probably realistically replicable in normal life, there would be some semblance of it. But also it was the emotions that he brought out of me and the arguments we were having in lockdown that maybe set it to be once a week and those kind of things. So I would advise people, most people to not try to do that, predict it time wise, but also to get to know, I think you can tell when a high or a low is coming on for you, depending on no matter what your emotional cycle looks like, if it's a slow build up, if it's high highs and low lows, if it's more like seems to drop out of nowhere, if it's more mellow, if it's more blissful, if it's more melancholic, like you get mm-hmm. to know what your, what yours looks like. What what are your signature emotions that you feel a lot? Like name your positive one that you feel the most often and what's the negative one that you feel the most often. And then to start to observe like what the transition ends up looking like for for you between one and the other one because then you can really start to you can start to i think it serves an emotional to really get familiar with their personal wave because it is so unique to every single one yes a hundred percent and i didn't realize this because as you're saying that so i thought no matter what your wave was just like their wave is their wave but you're saying that external factors obviously do impact that wave so yes but in in an ideal world it wouldn't but in today's world it does okay because in today's world we have so much conditioning about what it's like to be emotional that we suppress it and we suppress it because of external factors like i shouldn't cry because of what people are going to think i shouldn't feel too happy because i'm going to trigger people i shouldn't leave the room right now because i'm in the middle of an argument whatever it is there's an amazing story about my sister and i because they're both emotionals and like i said she has that 22 12 where they're really big emotions. Mm-hmm. And so for someone like me, um, you know, a big emotion like that isn't always, listen, we all have to coexist, right? Yeah. So it's all about how, having the right tools to know how to be respectful to ourselves and others and, and to do things with the least amount of friction. And so what we think is the least amount of friction is like pretending like we're always fine, mm, right? Yeah. But I can tell if you're not fine and it's going to annoy me that you're lying and saying you're fine. Imagine how many couples, how many people listening to this have said like in an argument with someone and they're like, what's up? And they're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all good. It's the most annoying thing. And you can always tell. Yeah. It doesn't do anything to solve anything. So we were in a restaurant and we started something like there was a conversation that got heated and escalated and it wasn't like a debate. It was like something that one of us had done or whatever. Anyway, she this is at the very beginning of her learning about her human design. And she said to me, I'm really effing angry right now because mm. she's a manifester and anger is her not self. And so instead of blaming it on me or throwing it at me or suppressing it, she said, I need to go for a walk right now. I'm going to leave. Like we basically decided she was going to leave lunch and I was going to pay. And then she was going to come back to me later and then we were going to talk about it. But the fact that she removed herself from that situation I swear to you, I wasn't offended because I know that she was working with how she's built. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it personally. And it literally made for such a better conversation later on because I knew I didn't have to sit there and be exposed to her whirlwind of feelings. She didn't have to hide them for me. There was nothing other than two people following exactly what their design was and it helped so much. And this is where, honestly, like understanding the other is so helpful for your dynamic. Totally. And so... To go back to your question, in an ideal world, outside factors don't impact your actual wave. Mm. But we are all being conditioned 
to be mindful of expressing emotions and to be mindful of so many outside factors to, de to decide our emotions that most people who are emotional don't even know that they have a wave because they're always, when we feel something, we're like, oh my God, what caused it? It was someone's fault. Someone did this. Did I not sleep well last night? And that's why I woke up feeling in a low. Like we're always looking for the outside cause of it. Interesting. But with an emotional wave, when you have emotional authority, it means that sometimes you are just on a wave and you have no control of if you're up or you're down. Now, listen, if I obviously, you know, had a cat and it died, I would be sad and crying. But that is a situational um, causation. Most of the time, right, we have a background emotional wave that is happening and outside factors will either contribute to the buildup or the lowdown or the whatever. But we're just never we're never just calm cool and collected and so to get to go back to what you were saying is to go back to our getting to know how we cycle through our ups and our downs of our specific emotional signatures or themes let's say mm -hmm. is really important and so for me i know now that I know when a cry is coming. I know then to not think that me having a cry means I'm doing anything wrong. I know that it's just a release. I know I'm always going to feel better once I have it. To the point where now I get excited that I feel one coming on. Because I'm like, oh, <sighs> I'm going to feel so clear after this. It's going to feel great. Instead of having all this like, oh my God, why do I feel like this? I shouldn't feel like this. I shouldn't allow myself to cry. Like I know the cycle. So I know what comes next. Mm -hmm. You know how if you have a bad day, you know after enough bad days you can kind of tell maybe people don't know this but enough what? challenges you when you go through a challenge you always are gonna grow after or you're 100%. always gonna look back afterwards and say i know it's happened for a reason it helps then when you're in the challenge to say i can picture that time where i can tell myself there's definitely just mechanically factually a time when i'm gonna look back on this and see that it happened for a good reason or i'm gonna look back on this and it's gonna make sense or i'm gonna look back on this and I do, what I do is I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to feel literally on top of the world after a day that I've overcome a challenge, even though it feels like the world is ending at that point, right? Yeah. So to just understand the mechanics helps you not to judge any one point that you're in. And similarly, like if I know I'm going to have a cry soon, sometimes say like, I'll watch things that make me emotional so then I don't have to like cry about something that really doesn't intense. need a cry. Yeah. You know, like if you, if I'm in a mode where, I need, I'm very, very close to my peak of a wave. I know that you can say something that's not even emotional and it could set me off if it's like a 10th emotional. So you would rather not attach it to something like that. Yeah, and I'd also rather not have like a disproportionate reaction <laughs> to something that I normally would be fine with. Sometimes it happens, but then I'll just tell you like, oh, I'm not crying because of this. Like I'm crying because of that, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more you get to know yourself the more you don't judge this kind of stuff. And the more, to answer your original question, yes, you can orient your life and your work around if I'm having a really emotional day or if I know that, you know, for example, I have if I have someone who has really low lows and I'm a manifester and so my not self is anger, I know why would I force myself to make business decisions on a day when I know what's going on is my low is expressing my not self to me, mm -hmm. right? Your lows you usually go towards a theme of your not of self. Your not so self. for me, I feel bitterness. Now that can express itself in many different ways and feel like a different kind of bitterness to me because of my wave, because of the rest mm -hmm. of my design chart, whatever, which is why you really have to get to know yours. But if you're a manifester and you're emotional and you're feeling down, 
you're going to end up transmitting anger into everything you do, right? So sometimes that's good if you want to be creative, if you want to make music, if you want to make art, like good stuff has happened make because of that. But don't be making decisions. If you have emotional authority, if you're supposed to be making decisions based on how you feel, you're supposed to wait and you know this if you have the app or you've taken any of our video courses online, you're not supposed to be making decisions when you're in a high or a low. Mm -hmm. So for me, for example, if I'm in a high or a low and you ask me something, I'll say, and I'm better at just, I used to just not reply in the moment mm -hmm. or forget then to later reply. But now I'll be like, I'll, I'll let you know you. later. And you also know to remind me stuff if I forget. And, yeah. you know, Jane, for example, who also works with us, used to have, a hard time with that because when I didn't reply straight away she used to think like oh my gosh and she's a five one so she feels like she always wants to make everybody happy she always wants to feel like she's done a good job mm -hmm. so she'd be like did I not did I ask that like am I annoying did I annoy you or and something any, like the, those kind of stories like her stories would bump up against my stories mine would be like am I not remembering stuff like oh my god I'm like not staying on top of it because I forget to reply to her messages like I open them and then I don't do them later and then her story is like bumping up against mine did I say it wrong whatever um But I'll even, when I'm with you, I'll say to you, because I'm mm -hmm. non-emotional, which is the opposite of Jenna, mm -hmm. I'll ask you if you like something and I'll say, you don't have to tell me right now. Yeah. Or I'll say, do you want to do this? You don't have to tell me right now. Mm -hmm. You tell me when you have clarity. Mm -hmm. I think it's super helpful too, to give like a little bit of a juxtaposition for someone who's listening to this. If you're a non-emotional, mm. like understanding how people work as an emotional is helpful to you, even though yes. you think this episode isn't about you. Yes. It's about you because yes. when you interact with any other human yeah. understanding their emotions <laughs> and i f i feel i know when your wave is changing yeah i'm like hyper i'm tuned in mm -hmm. to what you're feeling mm -hmm. not that i can tell when it's not time for you to make a decision i can't sense that well you probably could i probably could if i really paid close enough attention if you felt that i was in a higher or low you would that would be that's how you would know that it's not the right time for me to make a decision. That's the right time to create or that's the right time to feel. That's the right time to, you know, just go do other things, but not to make decisions. And so, yes, you, you know, this is an illustration of the kind of phrases that we say over and over to people, which is like, when you have emotional authority, you have to wait until you're cool, calm and collected to make a decision. What that also means is when you are high or low, don't force yourself. That's not the time that the universe wants you to be making decisions. It's a time for other good things. It's not a bad thing to feel, right? That's yeah. a big part of our conditioning is we're afraid to express that we feel things. But it's not the time to be tuning into how you feel clarity. about a certain clarity. Of so let me, that leads me into a just left field question that I think will be really interesting. So you know, let's say you're an emotional working with a non-emotional like us, for mm -hmm. example. So you, there's a semblance of your wave that is tapped into timing, right? So when you are cool, calm and collected, that's the universe creating an environment for you where it's like, okay, now you've reached clarity. Now's the time to make the decision, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So exactly. When, when you are cool, calm and collected is the best time for you to decide about it. So trying to do it earlier Trying to rush that process is wrong, but carry yes. on. So then my question is, as a non-emotional, so I'm, if this is just, uh, for example, I'm splenic, so I can know the answer really quickly and I'm not emotional. So I'm always cool, calm and collected if I stay in my own essence. So I can reach clarity very quickly. Can I, working with you, let's say we're business partners or something, rely on your emotional wave to help with timing? 
you know, if is, is that something that when you're working together, would that be beneficial to, you know, really pay, like really lean on the emotional person in the partnership to determine, help determine timing? No, no. I think, I think it's really interesting because obviously what you're saying also, here. Also, sorry, people can hear the sirens, but I don't want to cut you off. So just keep going. <laughs> so it's what you said about being tuned into my wave. That's the perfect illustration of what non-emotionals do. Okay. So you are wiser about me because you now mm-hmm. are tuned into my wave. When I'm in my wave, I usually have way less visibility. So non-emotional people are just emotional sponges and mirrors. And they are the people that are wise about other people's emotions. I'm not very good at tuning into other people's waves because I have my own wave. Yeah. So I'm mired with it, right? So anyway, to go back to your question about decisions... Basically, for you, the best timing for you to make decisions is in the moment, right? For me, it's to wait, even though I also have a defined spleen. So my -hmm. instinct will speak to me in the moment. I still have to wait for my emotions to settle and then revisit the situation. Now, in a partnership, what you would ideally want to do is figure out exactly what decisions you're in charge of Mm. and trust that you will filter those through your process and your alignment and me make the decisions in my timing and my way because there's there's no decision that is ever fully it's almost a misunderstanding that there is such a thing as a mutual decision mm. because really what it is is if a decision is aligned for you and it's aligned for me then it's just so happens to be the same but the reasons why we come to it is completely different and so if we were just talking about business partnerships we can we can talk about relationships that's slightly different but uh, let's say for example you Taylor are tasked with the making the financial decisions and your business partner would be tasked with making the creative decisions, right? You would let your partner make it in their own way, make the creative decisions in their own way and not intervene with their timing or their process. This is assuming that people also know about how they work and, and are honoring that, right? Because often we try to intervene when I think sometimes we sense that someone isn't doing it in aligned in an aligned way as well. Because yeah. I think everyone is an energy reader too. Sometimes it's from your from your own control as well. But there's there's multiple reasons why we do multiple things. So you would be, I would say, you know what? So let's put your spleen in charge of the financial decisions because that's the area that you know more about. That's the area that where your gifts are. That's the area. So why would I, with my different skill set and my different authority, try to make the financial decisions with my emotions? Because hmm. it's just all wrong anyway. So you actually would want to divide up the decision making you don't want to you never want to make decisions together you want to see if kind of how we do with our business where I'll come to my own conclusions and then I run it by you and then I know if it's a really good idea if you guys independently thought that we had a conversation yesterday between the two of us and then we FaceTime Jane and she so happened to say a lot of the things that she didn't even know we said so she has come to that the outside it's kind of like the iceberg right the 10% that you see is is the decision but the 90% that had to go on before that was like us checking in with our inner voices, our alignment, what we feel is right, the way we do that, the timing with which that comes together for us, the information that we absorb in order to make the decision, all those things, right? So I would always say divide up and then check with each other afterwards. Because if you're trying to formulate your mutual decision before you've kind of figured out what your values are, what's important to you, how you would naturally what you would naturally decide on if you were there by yourself, then... It's almost like you're checking and balancing. Yeah. 
and we do that. That's mm-hmm. that's so interesting. I've never even thought of it that way. And I didn't realize that that was why. Were you intentionally doing it that way? No, but it always felt really good. Huh. And I feel like then at least if I haven't opinion shopped before I've made my own decision, at least I know what my home base is. And I think it's important for people to do that. You know, when let's say, for example, you and your fiance are thinking about where you would want to live. You did this naturally in this situation, right? Yeah. Because you had to move for his work. You were thinking about like, what are some places that I would be okay with? What are some places that I wouldn't be okay with? Before you sit down with him and say, what places are we both okay with? You know, we, 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 how a lot of people, how a lot of us do as a couple, especially us women, you know, like, what do we feel about this? It's like, hold on. You're mire. you're like blocking and clouding your own clarity. Yes. And isn't it so much better to actually let that person come up with theirs, let you come up with yours and see where your Venn diagram comes? Yeah. So everybody does need to come up. Everybody does need to have their own decision making process that is done completely sovereignly. And then in the areas where we come together, where we collaborate, where we're in partnership or in a relationship, we 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 figure out the 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 glue of how those two can different things can melt different people's authorities and decisions can come together. 